Hello. Hello. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Um, Today we have decided, uh, obvious or not, to discuss certain points that we want to share about the tragedy that happened in Connecticut last Friday. So um, we, as I said in our first cut, um, I usually show up to the show with a blank sheet of paper and I have no idea where we're going to go, but I wrote some thoughts down and I have like a full page of, of notes. So I'm doing this a little bit differently than I usually do. Things you hope you share, but also things you just needed to get off your chest. Yes? Both. Okay. Um, but I would like you, uh, first, um, our first sponsor, mm-hmm. uh, real quick, is uh, Helping Hands Maid Services. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a four-part special. The first one was 25 bucks off if you mention Zen Parenting Radio on your first cleaning. Second one was a free carpet cleaning if you order 150 bucks. Week three is free oven cleaning if wow. you come in and get their... Uh, have the ladies uh, clean your house. So. That's nice to do before the holidays. That's right, because you're so, going to be doing a lot of cooking. So, so Helping Hands. Helping Hands Made Services, um, and their phone number is 630-530-1324. And tell them Zen Parenting sent you, and that's how you get these cool deals. That's right. Um, so, But I want to let you kind of start where we're going to go with okay, this. Okay, so talking about Friday or last Friday, um, I think that, you know, like you said, we want to talk about a lot of different points, but I think something that you and I um, know to be true is that it's a big responsibility to discuss this at all. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of discussing it and with their friends and family and in work and in media. I mean, it's everywhere. But it really is a responsibility on how we look at this and how we deal with this. Um, I think the idea of pointing to one issue and saying, here's what it is, here's the problem, this is why this happened, and then backing away from it is an uneducated response to something like this. We all know it's bigger than that. I have faith in in humankind. I know that people are inherently good. So people know that this is bigger than someone's diagnosis or, you know, what a mother said or did or what a school teacher did or said. You know, all these things we're trying to say, this is why. Or um, even though we're going to talk a little bit about guns too, that's a piece of it. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the pieces, guns and mental illness. But let me um, rewind just a little bit. Um, just, I know what your response would be when you say, well, people are inherently good. I think some people might be asking themselves, well, that's not true because, well, let's talk. And, and again, I, I, I just want to spend a short amount of time on, on him. Okay. okay. Because that's not where I want to put our focus today. When a baby is born, they do not come into the world evil. Right. We all know that things can happen. Um, meaning there can be um, issues with parenting. There can be issues with chemical uh, development in the brain. Mm-hmm. There can be issues of tr- head trauma. There mm-hmm. can be issues of um, tr- you know any other kind of outside trauma that can cause a shift in who we are. Right. But I always believe that that place of inherent goodness always lives. It's just unfortunately so covered up by other things that we can't access it. Right. So that is what I believe. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make anyone less at fault and it doesn't take any ownership off someone it's just what's the alternative right how are we going that's and and i'm not even doing it just as oh i hope and pray i really believe that but looking at people any other way is fear and it's to me not truth right it's just trying to blame and make them wrong me right and so that's really all i want to say about that fair enough um going back to personal responsibility um, I think that one. I think the thing that I want to start out with before we get into the the other issues is when people are saying, "What can I do? What do I do about this? I don't know how to respond to this." 
Um, I wrote a blog about this on Saturday. I actually wrote it for myself more than anybody. But I think the bottom line is you can always do something. You can today wake up and be kinder to yourself. You can today change the way you relate to your children in meaning that, you know, I know you already love them and you care for them, but respect them more, listen to them more, open up more, talk more, or don't talk more. Let them, you know, speak, listen. Um, You can hold a door open for someone today. You can let someone merge in traffic. You can stop blaming everyone else. You can forgive somebody. This is a be the change moment, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's unfortunate that we have to have tragedy to say, okay, now I'm going to love because really that's the only reason we're here. Right. And um, well, and my guess is today, um, I think people are going to be kinder to one another. But it reminds me of 9-11 when right. all the politicians got there together yes. and they're like, okay, we're one country, one right. government, all that stuff. And it didn't take very long for the division to creep Come up back. again. So, Which is, in your, the language we would use, is ego came back in right. charge. Because when a tragedy occurs, we are, we are kicked into our heart. Right. That's why we were all grieving together and still are, mm. is because we literally felt the energy of grief just go through you know it, it it took us out of our thinking mind and brought us into the place that we are so we were all grieving we we're all connected we felt these people we felt each other we became who we are mm-hmm. okay right. and it's unfortunate that it has to be done through pain right but sometimes that's what happens right so we became who we are and then what happens over time is as things begin to dissipate, as we begin to disconnect or blame or mm. point fingers and say, oh, that's that. I don't have to worry about that. Right. Then we go back into our head. We go back into ego and we go back and being divisive. Right. So that's... So for t- but we can't change what's going on a week from now or a no, month from now. No, we got to be here today. Be here today and be kind to yourself and to one another. And so that's the thing. Today, if you're like, I don't know what to do. Like I read someone's blog um, and they were talking about what can I do to change policy? What can I do? I'm not saying you shouldn't, if you feel motivated to go in and change policy, start a, you know, you want to start a petition or you want to write to your congressman. I say, go for it, Mm -hmm. do it. But if you don't feel connected to policy, like I I feel very disconnected from stuff like that, not because I don't care, but I don't think that's where my strengths lie. My strengths lie in, in supporting other people, in trying to be loving myself and trying to listen to other people and help them become more loving or I'm not even doing it. I'm just helping them see themselves in a different way. Um, that, you know, like go to your strengths. If you are an artist, draw some beautiful things. If you are a writer, write something. If you are a parent, which many of you are, you know, bring that love out and share it with your children. Talk to them about love, share stories. I mean, it's, you know, we're not even talking about the fact that it's holiday time right now. Like get some of these holiday stories out and let's focus on spirit, you know? And, um, so the thing is, is when you feel like there's nothing you can do, there is, Mm -hmm. that's all I'm trying to say. Um, what about, because I think I just kind of want to throw different ideas at you and okay. hear your response. Um, Are you going to respond too? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, th- hopefully this is a conversation. Um, good. When, you know, Friday was obviously extremely difficult for everybody and Saturday, you know, and the the difficult the difficulty is ongoing, but it seems like it dissipates and you have moments of, you know, sadness and then you have moments of, oh, everything is fine. Or you forget right, you forget. That it, you, you forget that happened. And then I, I think I posted this, but there was times when I'm like, I don't. 
I feel bad for for forgetting about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I guess, do you have any comments on the guilt that we sometimes carry when, whether we're talking about the Connecticut thing or anything else, when you feel like, I should be sad all the time? Right. Well, and I think that's a very common response. And when it's closer to the issue, it's often called survivor's guilt, where you feel like, why did that happen to, you know, closer, meaning people who really knew these people or people who were in the building. You know, you have this experience of, you know, why am I okay and they're not and it shouldn't be this way. And, you know, and for those of us who are more removed from it, it's a feeling of we need to suffer to show them that we love them. And suffering doesn't do anything. Suffering actually zaps our energy and takes away from our ability to actually put love into the world. It completely grounds us. Right. And I don't mean grounding in a good way. It it it, it throws us it, to the ground. holds us back. It holds us back. Thank you. Better language. And... So I'm not saying it, it to grieve, and to grieve is enough, is very different. Grieving, to me, is a form of love. Mm-hmm. Grieving is like a releasing and experiencing and, 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 you know, really feeling the love that you have for these people. Suffering is a waste of time. Right. Um, and so that when we have that feeling of, oh, I, sh- I feel guilty that I'm smiling today or laughing today, what, again, what's the alternative? Right. What we need to do after something like this is in between our bouts of grief is celebrate life, Mm. love our children, um, come together, help each other, support each other. That's love. And that comes with a smile and that comes with um, a healthy sense of being and not a depleted sense of if I suffer, then I'm a better person. That doesn't help. Well, what I hope we do on this podcast, because there's so many uh, different shows that are talking about this, so many blogs, the internet, Facebook, what I don't want to do is regurgitate what everybody else is saying. Okay. I want to give our take. But having said that, I do hope that we can talk a little bit about you know mental illness and, and the perception of those things okay. and guns. But hopefully the, the biggest message that we're going to share is kind of like what Barack said on that news yes. conference last night is how you know this is a realization that we're all connected and we need to change and it's all about love and, and want, things like that. And I want everyone to embrace that for a second. Just sit with that. That... And again, this is something we talk about on the show all the time. But the President of the United States came on and said, this is about love and about our connectedness. I'm not saying because he said it, then it's true. We already know this. But do you understand it's time? Mm -hmm. And when he says it's time for a change, he's not saying let's just enact a bunch of laws and take away all of our freedoms. Yeah, I think he was trying to engage a deeper place, not a policy place saying... This is a connectivity that we need to realize that right. we're all in this together. And these kids in Connecticut were our children. And, you know, like we're all part of the same picture. And when we fail our children, we fail everything. Do you know that he said that too? And again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But when we make a choice to overlook our children and to just be more focused on, oh, I'm so busy or, oh, I need to make money or, oh, you know, I want to make sure everybody loves what I'm wearing. And I want to make, when we go, when we're there, we are failing mm-hmm. our, you know, our energy by needs definition. to, by definition, we have failed them. And, you know, and again, it doesn't mean you're going to do it perfectly. It just means what is our bottom line right. and children are, we, you know, they're brought in to continue this world. Mm-hmm. And so our job by definition in being a member of this universe and this world is to help them grow so we can perpetuate this, you know, evolution. this evolution. And again, this sounds so out there, but we're not doing it. Right. We're allowing schools to fail. We're not treating teachers well. We aren't, you know, creating laws that would um, keep them safe. We're so focused on the wrong things. Well, and what I've been trying to do is, depending on your perception of the world, you could either say the world is going to hell in a handbag. Mm-hmm. 
or the way I've tried to justify it. And hopefully it's not just me trying to play tricks in my brain to make it make sense. But my hope is that when events like these happen, that it was a tragedy and just a terrible amount of circumstances that came together to... Perfect to storm. Perfect storm of bad things. But with this tragedy, it it should or could or will enact change that otherwise may not, may not come... Unless this happens. Well, and isn't that how everything happens? Meaning that this is a really big thing and it's hard. We can't get our arms around it, nor can we understand it, nor can we look at it and say, oh, this is what happened. You know, it's not something that we can look at and say, like, I would never say with this, oh, everything happens for a reason. Right, no. It's too... This, this didn't happen for... It's too raw. It's ma- This is... What this is, is madness. It is incomprehensible. We try to get our arms around such a tragedy, but we really can't. It doesn't make any sense no. to me or to you or to anybody else. But having said that, once it did happen... What can we pull from it? Right. How can we learn from it? And what are we going to do? And and my big thing about on this show is personal responsibility. What are you going to do today? And again, I don't mean going out and doing making the laws. I mean, how are you going to be different toward yourself? How are you going to be different toward your partner? And how are you how are you going to parent in a way where you're feeling more connected? I know many of you who are listening are already doing so much work in this area. Um, so you know, I give you kudos for that. But it's a it's it's taking it up a notch, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, just being like, okay, when... Like, I'll just share an example from this morning. I um, was getting the girls out the door, and one of my daughters is always running late in the morning. That's you, Cameron. <laughs> and so Jaycee's in the car going, oh, she's always late, she's always late. And I even honked the horn. I'm like, a, you know, come on, let's go. And she gets Actually, in the car. Actually, your first few honks were really quick, and then your second set of honks were a little bit longer. Yeah, because it had been a total of four minutes. Yeah, right. I was like, okay, let's go. And... um. So she comes out and she's like, I can't buy my coat. I'm like, honey, it's in the car. You know, come on, whatever. She gets in and I, it's a moment, right? I can either do the big lecture and oh my gosh, and we're going to be late and you should feel awful. And instead I said, you know, Cam, I have a thought for you. I said, if you, before you go to bed, just check out the mudroom real quick and make sure your coat's there and your bag's there, then you don't have to worry about it. I said, you already do that with your socks and your clothes. Like we made a deal last week that she'd figure out if she had socks before she went to bed. Mm -hmm. So we weren't always searching for socks. I said, you can just do that with your coat. It's super easy. And, you know, so it's like making, I, I, I wanted to be annoyed. Right. Meaning my ego wanted to be like, you're making us late. I mean, that would be the most simple right. response. Meaning I wouldn't have to go, right. I wouldn't have to do any work. Right. But the work of that moment is, um, and maybe I didn't even need to say anything at all. Right. But I guess what came out was what the best I could do in the moment. And then when we got to school... Um, you know, I was giving him hugs and saying, I love you and have a great day. And we were ending on that note. And then I looked and there is a police officer in front of their building standing at alert. And it just all, I was like, what, who cares if they're tardy? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying make it a habit, but what is the big deal? Right. If, and it just like really woke me up again. I felt like I was kind of, you know, on the, the fringes of that. And then I just woke up big time and I was like, who cares? Yeah. You know, there's small a, stuff. It's a small stuff. And um, so anyway, before we get into I, I want to ask you real quick about your feelings about the police officer being there, because mm-hmm. I, my guess is you probably have a take. But I want to talk about our second sponsor, um, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Uh, they are our chiropractors and many others. And they're both based out of uh, Elmhurst, Illinois. And we 
give them our highest endorsement and think that you should go take care of yourself and get a chiropractor. For for the adults and for your children. I mean, she's so amazing with kids, Dr. Kelly is. Chirotree.com, phone number 630-941-8733. Give them a call. Um, all right, so what are your thoughts about this cop being there? Well, I, I'm um, I'm fine with it. I think it caused me to be emotional, but that that's just because I, it woke me up. I think that it helps people's sense of being on a day like today that it may be more of a visual than a literal. Um, you know, I think that if for kids who are frightened, it may give them a sense of groundedness. For parents who are worried, it may give them a sense of groundedness. So I don't really have a comment about it being good or bad. I can argue it both ways. I can argue it the way you just argued it, or secondly... The fact that the cop is there, things aren't as normal as they were on Friday morning, and that would instill fear in the kids. Well, and I think that there's an acceptance, though, that things aren't normal. Yeah. Aren't we, haven't we? I know, but what about tomorrow? What about next Tuesday? But as we were just saying, things will dissipate. Right. This is just a preventative. And like I said, you know, I'm sure at every school in Elmhurst there was a police officer. Today he had a smile on his face. He wasn't scary. Yeah. Um, but for those parents who, you know, we were all over um, Facebook and social networking last night, and there was a lot of afraid parents. Well, there was a, a woman that posted something on there saying, I'm going to talk to the district. I think there should be security guards in each of our schools in our mm-hmm. town uh, from the minute that it starts to the end of the day. And uh, I don't know. That just seems like it's so easy for our fear to let it. Right. control us and, and yeah. i just think that steps like that would might do I don't, I, might do more harm than good well i don't know because there's a million schools yeah. in this country yeah and you know forget about the cost for a second the fact that this happens i mean as sad as it is how many school shootings there are every year or two you it's know it's very infrequent compared so to other ways that our children are challenged i just feel like there's other ways that we can do other things we can do to to create change other than than trying to address it at that level well and that's the thing is i feel like that is a surface issue that might make us go back home and go okay now everything's safe but the thing is is this is the digging in time to yeah. the deeper issues um and i want to address one regarding mental illness because that seems to be coming up a lot um and i feel like anytime there's an issue like this or someone who you know a school shooting or or whatever it may be well he was mentally ill that's why so period done here's the thing the issues that he dealt with um in regards to being introverted um having a diagnosis of asperger's um maybe being having depression at some times um those, all those issues do not then create a killer, mm-hmm. meaning there are many children and many adults who deal with depression, have been diagnosed with Asperger's, and have an introverted nature. Hell, I'm introverted, mm-hmm. you know, half the time, right. too. You know, it's a, many people, introversion does not mean weirdness or wrongness, uh, nor does Asperger's and nor does depression. Those were just teeny pieces of the big puzzle. And I get worried when people start to say, well, he was autistic, he had Asperger's, therefore this is what happened. First of all, autism is not a mental illness. What is it? It's a way our brain... Children, again, autism is a spectrum. So there's not just one diagnosis of autism. You, you fall somewhere on the spectrum. But um, Asperger's, I'll speak to specifically, is really more of a, a, a social relatedness and a chain... A, 
a different way of thinking and processing the world. And I don't mean a demented way of thinking. I just mean they see things differently. Different things are important. Different things are focused on. They may not read um, social cues the same. They may not be invested in certain things that other people are. Um, They may have certain um, things that they're highly invested in where other people can't understand. But that in itself is not negative or bad. And so we have to pull away from focusing on a word or a diagnosis and saying, here's the issue. Because um, I guess I could go on and on, but it's just not true. My take is, um, you know, people are trying their best to get their arms around this thing that doesn't make any sense. Right. And they, to make themselves feel more comfortable, they need to see, make themselves feel like they have more control over things. So if they can say in their brain, oh, this kid was mentally ill with this or that or whatever, it makes them feel a little bit safer because they have control. And, And my thing is, let's not feel like we have control and just be in this nonsensical tragedy and when people say that this is um he was mentally ill anybody who goes in who who goes into a school and kills kids by definition by definition is mentally ill so forget about what the diagnosis is you know this kid had issues mm-hmm. whether it was nature or nurture it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter or the mixture of both or yeah. the mixture of both the bottom line is that um because there was a, a woman who has a kid with certain um, needs, and she's concerned because there already is this tremendous stigma against her son to begin with. Right. Um, to throw this tragedy on on top of autism or Asperger's is ridiculous. Well, and it's and it, it's again, it's not true. It's kind of like the way our country relates to the Muslim religion now. Right. All of a sudden, anyone who is a Muslim is somehow a threat to us, and that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to say that that you know there are extremists in every religion christian jewish you name it that's right so were there extremist muslims are there yes is someone who is a muslim have intent to harm or hurt or is any different than we are no and i'm sorry but we have to wake up to that and what we do in things like that is we is it things like this where we have a crisis is we start to push people away and disconnect and isolate and say they're bad they're bad they're bad i'm good and this is not true we are we all play a role in this world i mean if you really believe we're all connected you have to take responsibility in your own life what the the blog i uh, wrote on saturday was about the ripple effects you send into the world can you look at your day-to-day experience your moment-to-moment experiences and accept that everything you do say act on you are sending a ripple into the world what ripples are you sending out are you sending out hatred and judgment are you sending out fear are you sending out impatience Or are you making choices that are sending out good vibrations into the world, which then affects the greater whole? Many of you may roll your eyes by hearing that, but if you really go into your, you know it. Mm -hmm. You know, we like to not know it because we like to say that's them and I'm different, but we all play a role. Right. And and so and and I don't mean that to scare us. Then we can actually do something. Right. Well, believe that your positive actions and your positive perception of the world affects who you live with and who you live with and affects everybody, everybody they else. see. Ripple. Right. You know, personal responsibility. Um, I I, uh, I feel like I want to talk a little bit about guns, and the only okay. thing I want to talk about is that I don't pretend to understand all of the emotional the emotions that go into whether or not somebody should be able to have a gun or not. Okay. Obviously, um, emotions are at a um, peak right mm-hmm. now because of it. And I'm not smart enough to offer any solutions. I just simply don't know enough about Personal it. Personal responsibility solution. 
Right. That's to me. That's a solution we can offer. Um, but just on the internet, I've heard a few different things. Um, you know, my one friend posted something on there where you know there's just too. Uh, it's it would be too difficult to remove all the guns, and I don't know if that's true or not. But he says what you can do is be assured that there that you can have uh, some type of combination or locking device on every gun, and he has that on mm-hmm. all of his guns, and he's he he's a gun holder and all that. And there's like a million different possible solutions for it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this tragedy would inspire some more change. And I don't know what the things can be, but the people that are out there that help make these decisions can... Uh, you know the way that I would look at it? Common sense. You know, regulation, people get so afraid. The word has almost become negative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But regulation is for our common good. Mm-hmm. You know, like if our food wasn't regulated, we could mm-hmm. eat things that are going to kill us. If, you know, we weren't dealing with environmental issues, we're basically going to kill the world that we live in. You know, we're going to, you know, we have to have laws to regulate and to to have us all on the same page. Right. And it's one thing to, common sense meaning no one has said, well, maybe some people have, take away every single gun that someone has. I'm sure there's plenty of moms out there right now saying there shouldn't be a gun out there unless you're a police officer Well, in this country. You know, in my my heart world, Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. But I also know that that's not reality for many people in that but um, we need to move in that direction. But, and, and can we move in instead of here's the law and things should be taken away? Just common sense, like what the article that you were just reading to me about the there's no there's more regulation around adopting a pet, adopting a pet, or there's more regulation around getting a driver's license. And he also well, there's 300 uh, regulations in OSHA about ladders about at schools, ladders at schools. So let's simplify this. Let's bring our common sense into this. And like Todd said, I don't have the answers or the language or the power. Mm -hmm. to go in and make that happen. But I can, when I'm discussing this, like right now, like I said, this is a responsibility to even discuss this, just bring our heart and our common sense to this, Mm -hmm. that this is something we need to protect people. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, and you know, but here's the thing. As I say that, you know what, people who are very... um, On the other side. On the other side, or or not necessarily, because that's keeping us... Separate, separate from them but people who would say, who are strong advocates of having guns would say well the guns keep us safe mm-hmm. and even though there may be something they could explain in that realm i think that having more guns is not going to help us at all that's mm-hmm. all i'm trying to say right. like i understand there people have a sense of state safety mm-hmm. i mean um my father had a gun mm-hmm. when i was growing up but he also kept it locked away right. and he also knew how to use it and right. had been trained and right. knew exactly you know the the bullets were in a different place than the gun was it was a completely and we understood all of that that right. was explained to all of us there was a sense of safety around having that so I say that just because it's not its not like I didn't, I don't even understand it. Well, I think the big picture is if we can't uh, find the strength to make certain changes yes. to, to prevent something like this or make it less likely for something like this to happen after Friday, then we really are... Shame on us. Shame on us. But I have hope and faith in the fact that we can do yeah. it. We're a strong country and we can come together as, as crazy as it sounds with all the divisiveness that happens, this is possible. And we just have to believe that it is. And like you said earlier, like 
find your strengths on how to do it. Some people like doing letter letter yeah. writing campaigns. Some people like petitions, petitioning their advocating. lawmakers. Do it I, I, by all means. Um, we just try to do what we're good at, and mm-hmm. you're good at writing, and I try to help you with the show. And we're just trying to do certain things to do our part. And if everybody did that little part, the change would happen. And if you, you know, if you, again, bringing this to your own life, just in your own life, home, and the surround, your surroundings, if you can bring more love and awareness and attention to what's important, and you know what's important. You know, people say, well, I don't know. You know. I mean, I I just, I trust that. So, you know, when people tell me they don't have time or this and this, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. You're just making a choice to not look at it. Mm -hmm. And we have this opportunity to wake up and say, what is most important right now? That this guy is merging in front of me and he's not respecting my car? Or can we say, hey, I'm going to send some love this way. Or, you know, that wasn't fair. This person said this or this person didn't give me a compliment. I mean, come on, you guys. Mm -hmm. And and I I don't mean to be... um, disregarding or unfeeling about people's, you know, their own pain. And I just think that this is what personal responsibility means. It means taking, um, taking responsibility for the actions and ripples you put into the world. Right. I hear you. Okay. Uh, I want to go in a different direction, but I feel like, um, we only have a minute left. What about Avid? Oh yeah. Our Avid company. Um, well, Avid is our sponsor and partner, and they do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. So it's getting close to Christmas time, so why don't you start planning in January for getting... Um, planning now for January. Yeah. Make and, the phone call now. And uh, get a room remodeled or paint a, paint your first floor or do something. Anything you want to do, uh, Avid and Jeremy, the CEO, can help you. And their phone number is 630-956-1800, and it's avidco.net. Please, please, please. Please give them a call if you're planning on doing anything like that. So um, I don't know if you're going to want me to go in this direction or not, uh, but it's about um, the grief and the sorrow that happened and the thoughts of how tragic this was. And you talked about Gary Sukoff last night, who's an author that you respect, and you talked about the differences between the personalities of these children and, and the, the soul. souls of these children. Okay, I'm going to try and stay on level with this because this this is can go... Depending on where you are with your understanding, I don't... Okay, let me just dive in. So Gary Zukov, who wrote uh, Seed of the Soul, who's a wonderful author, and he's written more than Seed of the Soul, but he really is a soul teacher. Um, one of the things that he help, has helped me with is understanding um, the difference between someone's personality, who they are here on the earth personality-wise, you know, thinking them as a flesh and blood um, the human being, the human being, the human part, and the soul of a person, which is eternal, um, never, n- never, never ending, never in fear. It's never born, it never dies. Exactly, just moving in and out, right? And and not even when I say out, just moving back into everything we came from, right? Um, and there was a Oprah show, which maybe many of you have seen. This was on many years ago, where there was a family that was grieving because they had twin boys, and one of the boys died. And the mother was grieving tremendously, as you can imagine. And he was able to help her by saying, you are grieving the personality loss of this of your son, which is natural. But can you see him as a soul who came in and did what he needed to do and returned and is not in fear, is not in pain, and is, is very... At, at peace mm-hmm. in their own way and that when we stay stuck in personality 
and we stay stuck in the human form, that's where we're afraid. And that's where people start to visualize their own children mm-hmm. in, in, you know, um, in, what am I trying to say? In a classroom right. or something like this would happen. Or they try to imagine feeling like the parents. Or they try to imagine a child who's been harmed in such a way. And you're stuck in the human form. Instead of celebrating this soul who, and again, I'm not giving the, this was the destiny. I'm not going there. But it happened. Right. So we have to deal with it now. Right. And that, can we see that this soul is at peace? Mm-hmm. And to celebrate not just that day. Mm-hmm but their whole life up to that point mm-hmm. and what we can learn now. Right. And so he helps me in that way. It doesn't mean that we don't grieve. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but there is a different difference between the human form and the soul right. and that we don't have anything to fear. Well, it reminds me of that documentary we saw on Ram Dass. And Ron, Ram Dass is a spiritual guy from the 60s, 70s, 80s. And... Um, he wrote a letter to these uh, parents mm-hmm. who had lost their, I think, daughter. She'd been murdered. She'd been murdered mm-hmm. when she was very young. And Ram Dass wrote this letter that I'm sure if you Google Ram Dass letter to we'll, Rachel, we'll, I think. We'll post it on Zen Parenting. And I won't even try to to recite it or anything, but it's just one of those letters that gives you a sense of peace within a tragedy. Mm. And yeah, I'll... Can I'll, you give the gist or no? What um, does he say? It basically says all the grief and the sorrow that you're, you're, you're holding on to is basically the, the memory or the badge of honor that, um, that this daughter gave to you, mm-hmm. like, and to respect that grief mm-hmm. and that this is her memory speaking to you so it, it doesn't go away and to, instead of fear it, to embrace, embrace it. it. Um, well, and, he and, does it in a much better way than that. And that's what I want to focus on again is people, these words sometimes don't do it justice. There is grief, which is a form of love. Um, it, it is like, like Ram Das said, or I think I've heard Elizabeth Lesser say this too. It is like a badge of honor. Like, you know, when tears come up, when you think of someone who is no longer here or an experience that you've had and tears come up, um, that that is a sign of how much you love. If you stay stuck in that, where you constantly feel depressed and down, um, you can't get out of it, then you're living in that grief and therefore you are no longer living. Now, if it comes, you know, when it comes up occasionally, and especially right now, it's, we're so raw that let's not even worry about how much we're thinking about it. We're just in it right now. But it's the same way with anger. There's a difference between grieving and taking action and being angry and taking action. If we decide to stay in anger, then the actions that we take are going to be angry actions. If we can grieve and process and let go and love, the actions we take will be for the greater good. Right. Does that make sense? It does a little bit. And I actually found it, and I'm not going to try don't, to read yeah, it all to you, the but thing. there's a few things, and I, we'll post it, but... Uh, Rachel finished off, and the name of the girl who died uh, was Rachel. Rachel finished her work on Earth and left the stage in a manner that leaves those of us left behind with a cry of agony in our hearts as the fragile thread of our faith is dealt with so violently. And then the next paragraph, he goes on to say, I can't assuage your pain with any words, nor should I, for your pain is Rachel's legacy to you. Not that she or I would inflict such pain by choice, but there it is, and it must be burn its purifying way to completion and it's it's about five paragraphs but it's quite amazing and can you then even see grief differently mm-hmm. in that you know i mean i've always been a fan of tears you know people are afraid of tears they don't want their kids to cry they think it's weak they think it tears are the most natural normal healing 
um, it's like a complete, it's like a healing mechanism that we've been given as human beings. And so when things come up, we can cry and grieve and let it go and then continue to move forward. We don't have to stay stuck in it. Um, What was the story? Here's another story that I want to share about. um, It was from Way of the Peaceful Warrior Mm -hmm. about the man who his house was burning down. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. You don't need to know much backstory here. But he was watching his house burn down. And all of a sudden he would fall to the ground and cry and just emotions would come through. And then he would stand up and talk to people and be okay and function. And he was in that state of being okay. Mm. And then the grief would come through again. Yeah, it comes in waves. It, it came in waves, but he was able to rise up again. And um, another story, sorry, but it's just as relevant, is um, Martha Beck has a son who um, with Down syndrome. And she, one of her son's best friends, who also had Down syndrome... The, the mother had died mm. and they were at the wake and she watched the son do the exact same thing, mm-hmm. have a wave of grief mm-hmm. and then come back to the present moment and be fine. Right. Fine meaning be able to laugh, be mm-hmm. able to have joy, be able to talk to people. And then a wave of grief would come in again. It's a feeling. Yeah. It's not a state of being. Right. And let it come when it comes. Let it come when and it then comes. And let it go when it goes. Exactly. Um, sorry, but th- the last paragraph is just outstanding. This is from Ram Das again. Our rational minds can never understand what has happened. And that can't be more mm-hmm. true in this Connecticut yeah, you thing. you can't wrap your head around it. But our hearts, if we can keep them open to God, will find their own intuitive way. Rachel came through you to do her work on earth, which includes her manner of death. Now her soul is free, and the love that you can share with her is invulnerable to the winds of changing time and space. And that deep love include me. Mm, beautiful. So, yeah. I, I, it's well, just a and awesome you know what? Thing. This is really great with what we talk about in the show, Heart and Mind. Mm-hmm. Our minds cannot comprehend this. Right. Just like our minds cannot comprehend afterlife. Just like our minds, our minds can't comprehend how grand the universe is. Right. Just like our minds can't because it's, they are created in that way. Our brain's way. too small. Our brain's to... too small. But our hearts can trust yeah. and have faith that we may not be able to see or understand, but we can still live in love and know that's the best way of honoring right. these children or anybody we've lost or any tragedy we've had is that we have to keep going and living in love. Right. Um, that Ramdas thing is, it's a documentary too. And if you have Netflix, it's on there. So it's, it's a good hour and a half documentary and it's really good. And for those of you who are Wayne Dyer fans, Ramdas was Wayne Dyer's initial teacher or one of his many teachers, but the one that he holds most close to his heart. So, um, you know, this is a, Ramdas is one of the, you know, great spiritual thinkers sure. that may be kind of falling out of vogue right mm-hmm. now, but he is yeah. one of the beginnings. Richard so. Alpert. Richard Alpert, that's yeah. right, from our, and they, just a you know, a little lightness here, his real name is Richard Alpert, and if anyone watched the show Lost, you will remember that um, the dude with the eyeliner, yeah, yeah, his name was Richard Alpert, right. and that was chosen on purpose. It was a shout out to Ramdas. It Ram was Dass. a shout out to Ramdas, um, and which that show was so genius, because there was lots of that kind of stuff yeah. in there. Um, and what was Martha, was it Martha Beck that you said? Mm-hmm. What was the name of that book that you caught that in, or was that an interview? It was in uh, one of her, it was either in an article in O Magazine, I'll try and find it okay. and post it. Um, it may have been in her book, but regardless, it stuck with me, because it was so similar to the Way of the Peaceful Warrior story. Yeah. Way of the Peaceful Warrior is a good book, too. And that's by Dan Millman. The Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, um, do you have anything else? Any closing thoughts? I do. I thought about not doing Tournament of Bad, but I kind of want to keep it light and fun. You want to keep celebrating yeah. tournaments of bad? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, let's. let's, let's want to end on a light note? Yeah, let's balance out the, the, the heaviness of this podcast with a little bit How of How about lightness. this? Let's be ourselves. 
So we would do this, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, let me hear um, it. But before I do that, do you have anything else you want to add or do you feel complete regarding what we shared? No, just that we love you and um, everybody who's listening. And I say that for real. I know people, You like last week, you're like, no, we can only love so do you. you. Do you love the people that love guns too? Absolutely. Because you know what? They're afraid. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I, I'm not meaning that as a slam, but people who feel like they have to have a gun to stay safe, what is the other word that we can use, right? And and I'm not saying I'm not afraid sometimes. I am too. And I'm thankful that there's a police force that has guns mm-hmm. to, you know, it, this is not simple. Right. I am not, I don't have any grand declaration. Um, but what I'm saying is, aren't we all a little afraid? And right. so for me to say, well, I like you, but I don't like you, it's not fair. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't do that. And, and it's a practice because sometimes I feel it. Mm-hmm. But um, or I sometimes it comes up in me right. and it's something I want to say, right. but I know it's not true. Right. So good answer. Okay. I feel the same way. Ditto. Okay. Once again, ditto. You, you said that's Sam Malone from Cheers, which is true. Yeah. But it's also from Ghost. Yeah, but it's Sam Malone said it first. Sweetie. I know. Do you know I named my iguana Sam after Sam Malone from Cheers? Um, Cheers is just a killer show, man. I know. No messing around. It was it. my friends before I had friends. Sweetie, what are your coach? What? Woody or Coach? Who do you go with? Oh, uh, Woody. Really? Well, here's the thing. I love Coach, uh, meaning that I loved everything about him, and he was just, he lived from his heart completely, but I knew Woody better, meaning that I had Woody longer than I had Coach. Diane or Rebecca? Oh, oh, geez. You know, it's funny. Everybody says Rebecca, Well, Well, here's the thing. Rebecca made me laugh harder. Do you remember when Rebecca would get drunk? I remember, <laughs> didn't you like when she cried too? Well, totally, because that was always a part of it. Like there was one episode where she like was drinking or something and Sam came over and she was, and again, you know, I don't remember. So you're Rebecca and a Woody I fan. totally felt the Sam Diane thing though. Like I started, when I started watching the show, they were my, you know, they, it was cool. Like you felt really connected to them. Um, and we should do the same thing about MASH someday. As far as Frank or Winchester. Oh, Winchester for sure. Frank drove me crazy. (laughs) I love Frank. Well, I know, and he's supposed to drive you crazy, therefore he's a fantastic actor, but I loved the wind, and and every once in a while they'd give Frank a heart, but Winchester had that really strong exterior, but he was really heart-centered. He was more likable. Mm -hmm. Trapper or BJ? Oh, BJ for sure. Really? Yeah. I think I like Trapper better. You like Trapper John M.D.? No. Na, 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 the fact na, that you know how that song theme goes. You know how I know? Because, well, that's a whole nother Colonel Potter story. or Colonel Blake? Uh, Colonel Potter. I loved Colonel Blake too, but I knew Colonel Potter, Potter longer. Yeah. I don't know who I go with that. Trapper. Trapper better than BJ. No. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I think so. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, you're going with your heart, so... That's right. I Don't mess my heart. Okay. So here's my tournament of bat. All right. Squirrels. <laughs> I love squirrels. They're so fat right now. I love squirrels, too, but here's the deal. <clears throat> the squirrels that we have in our neighborhood are really intelligent in mm-hmm. the way that they figure out that there's garbage in our completely thick-sealed plastic garbage and can. And they gnaw. And they gnaw through it yeah. to go eat our garbage. Yeah. So good for them. And they're really good at, like... So good for <laughs> And they're really good at climbing from one tree to the next, and they're that's what squirrels they build, do. They build these wonderful nests. So my question is, why don't through the process of evolution, how come if they can gnaw through a garbage can, how come they can't figure out how to look both ways? Because they're not humans. I know they're not, but but they're squirrels, and they're they're. Are you talking n- about getting hit by cars? Yeah, look both ways. Well, but they that's not how they're created. 
They are. Were, were, were they created to not through garbage cans? Yes. They were created to survive. So you're saying when God made the squirrel, like, okay, squirrel, here's the deal. When the garbage can comes around in about two billion years, make sure you know how to gnaw through Honey, it and get in there. He, They probably gnaw through things in nature that are much thicker than a garbage can. I don't think when they were created, the focus was garbage cans, but I know for sure when they were created, the focus was not don't get hit by a car. And you think for the millions of years of evolution that they couldn't have figured out to look both ways? They haven't seen enough of their buddies? It, are and, rabbits and, looking both ways? Are coyotes looking both ways? I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about squirrels. I know, but is there... Are rabbits gnawing through our garbage cans? No, but they, they, should. they eat people's gardens. They don't have teeth like squirrels. They got two big teeth in the front. Well, they, they like carrots. And coyotes don't gnaw through our garbage can either. I know. Coyotes came up to our door one time, though. Look both ways, squirrels. Okay, I would I'm trying like to help that. them. Oh, no, me too. But I think that that is something that we, we don't have a lot of power over the squirrel. We could do a squirrel school. <laughs> 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 like I'll have a clipboard and like a pointer and everything. And you'll say, look this way, look that way. Look left, look, look right. Way. It's not that hard. I, know. I mean, they're really intelligent creatures. I know. I agree. And and I love how fat and chunky they are and right now. The fact that they're they full can of food. build nests. I know. That's really hard to do. I couldn't build the nest they do, but I know how to look both ways. I love it when they jump from like one tree or one branch or one wire and they can be on like a wire. Yeah. And they're like these big little, big li- I just said big little. Yeah. What's that called? A uh, paradox? An onomatopoeia? No, no, no. That is a jumbo shrimp. Oh, that's what I'm... T- I just said a big little. I know. Okay, but it's the same thing. You just said jumbo shrimp. I know. Um, what do you a- mean I know? I said, is it an onomatopoeia? And you said no. No, it's not an onomatopoeia. It's something else. Okay. I don't know what the word is. Okay, well, I did the opposite. I know. Okay. It's a paradox. Okay. Maybe it's an onomatopoeia. I don't know. It is a... I don't know. It's poor wording. It's something that, yeah, it's poor wording. Okay. Let's go with that. All right. Wow, 45 minutes. Okay. Well, All right. This is good. And um, send love to the squirrels today. Yes. As you send love to yourself and the rest of the world. And if you cry, you know, if you need to cry, go ahead. Let it come and let it go. And when you want to feel joy, let it come. And, um, you know, live in your heart. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Have a great week. Adios. Adios.